All right, let's try this. This is the voiceover for movie trailer. Take one. In a world where laughter was king. Uh, no in a world, Jack. What do you mean, no in a world? It's not that kind of movie. You're listening to Trailer Trashed on the Merry-Go-Round Magazine Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, CJ Simonson and Kate Brockman. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Trailer Trashed on the Merry-Go-Round Magazine Podcast Network, the podcast where trailers get the fair and balanced critique they deserve after a night of drinking. My name is CJ Simonson. Uh, I'm the music editor over at Merry-Go-Round Magazine. Almost forgot my position there. And uh, we've been doing some drinking. I'm joined by... <laughs> I'm Kate Parker, and I'm the TV editor of Merry-Go-Round Magazine. I think you almost forgot the name of our podcast as well. There were some, there were some uh, very intentional pauses there to make sure that I was nailing the right things at the right times. You know... This is going to be a new thing where at the beginning of every episode we just bitch about the intro. We could just not... See, your solution is to record it. My solution is even simpler. What if we just wrote it down? Yeah, it's too... Look, if you've, if you've ever seen From Under the Great Northern Lights, which is a documentary about the White Stripes, you find out that Jack White intentionally places things specific areas away. He wants to make it as hard as possible to record and, and to perform, so he'll put like a... You know, the uh, the guitar... He'll only give himself three guitar picks because if he loses them, whatever. That's what the show is. And, like, you know, there's a there's a, a synthesizer that's exactly eight feet away from the microphone, so he has to know exactly how far he has to move from the mic to that. And I like the idea that we don't have it written down, so we have to push ourselves to the furthest max to really get to the place where we, like, you know... It's live, you know? We're doing it live, and that's what's important to me. Okay. Yeah. No. Or we could write it down. No, we're never. No, I think I do think that it's a charming bit that it's like we fuck it up a little bit every time. Yes. Because the point is that we're drunk. And now, well, yeah. <laughs> this, yeah. <laughs> some episodes are going to be worse off than others. Some, and, some more than others. And here we are. Um, here we are. Yeah. Uh, what are you drinking? I am still drinking a coal pusher porter. From Iron Line Brewing, which I think in our last episode you brought up is not a real brewery, but then didn't explain it. So that's a fairly cheap beer that we bought. That really was for the purpose of finding out, like, how good is it? Which, like, I think the answer is, like, for the amount that I paid for it, excellent. As an actual beer, fine. This is a porter. But I'm pretty sure it's, like, in the caliber of, like, uh, it's, like, two-buck chuck or something, right? Like, it's, like, Mm. literally kind of, like been brought like i don't think that's a real brewery i think that brewery is like owned by like a grocery syndicate that like you know hires them out to make it their house beer or whatever it's kirkland essentially but like worse than that i think that's what it is so like i don't think it's a real brewery i don't think we can actually like necessarily i can't we can't visit it i don't think um i we probably couldn't have someone on the pond from it because like kroger come on the pond sure mr kroger uh, let's have, uh, yeah, Mr. Cost Company come on. I'm down for yeah. it. Yeah. Is uh, that what Costco stands for? I Cost believe company? so. I believe so. It's the Costco. Yeah, the Cost Company. But the costs, but there's low cost because there's no costs. Right. So why would you name your company the Cost Company? Because then it's like, look at all of, look at how much it costs, but it doesn't cost very much because it's Costco. I don't know. I wonder if they just thought it was like a buzzy phrase and they didn't like consider the fact that it would Maybe cost his name something? is Mr. or Mrs. Costco. Costco. Oh. 
Probably not, but because it's owned by it's Walmart, right? Like, isn't it technically all the? No, Walmart I, doesn't own Costco. I think so. Really? I kind of think that. I don't know why I think that. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, re- I'm reaching into the kind of the recesses of my brain. I think that might be true. Anyway, uh, I am drinking some whiskey, uh, Evan Williams, the finest, uh, and I am still drinking uh, as I was on the last pod, since we're doing back to back. No, don't lift the veil. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> drinking for the first time, uh, brew free or dry, uh, which is 21st Amendment. Shout out uh, from San Francisco. Um, oh, this is Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, dude. All of their stuff is like crazy specific art that's like kind of based in like uh, American history, and yeah, whoever does all the art for their cans is amazing. This is uh, pretty dope. Yeah, super cool. Um, and TR looks pretty happy on here. There's like some Mount Rushmore action happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Lincoln. Now I can only think of the Lincoln commercials where he's like got the $5 trying to order pizza from Domino's. Those saw. are the Lincoln commercials you think of? Not the weirdest fuck Matthew McConaughey ones? Sorry, not the car company. The the Abraham Lincoln commercials. <laughs> he's ordering Domino's. <laughs> Uh, As Lincoln does. Yeah, because it's only $5. And he's like, there's so many good things you can do with a $5 bill. Whatever. They're not good commercials. The Super Bowl sucked. Um, (laughs) Anyway, listen to our Super Bowl pod. We Uh, did one of those. We did. It was Uh, funny. Yeah, I'll take your word for it. I thought. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take your word for it. We love our own content, you guys. We're really invested. I I listen to all of it every day. Every moment of it. Every moment. I love it. I'm dreading this... I'm always dreading the shot, but like I'm doing some some mystery blueberry vodka today. Yeah, I love that. Like you, to I don't I know you don't want me to pull back the veil, but like you did mention earlier, how stoked you were to not do a shot of vodka, and now here you are doing a shot of blueberry vodka. Well, because we said next time we won't do vodka, which was correct. And the so next, next pod, time you did tequila, I did tequila. So and now, now you're just back to self punishment. But last time it was just straight like like cheap I understand. vodka. I understand. This is technically better vodka, but it is very sugary. It is. You'll, you'll but I, I can normally handle sugary drinks. Well, okay, let's find out, right? Oh, okay. Oh, One, two. All right, that was okay. It's drinkable. <sighs> Nothing better than blueberry vodka and dark beer. Shouts out to Evan Williams, uh, the house uh, whiskey for every bar in the country. Doctors hate this. Yeah. Doc. New trick for hot, fresh content. Doctors hate them. <laughs> Trailer trashed the podcast. Oh, boy. All right. Boy, do they. Um, we should jump into some trailers. I guess so. Let's jump into John Wick 3. <laughs> Jonathan, what have you done? To dream. There's no escape for you. The high table wants your life. The right, Tell me what you want. Passage. I can't help you. To reach the unreachable star. Do you expect him to make it out? A $14 million bounty on his head. 
Everyone in the city wants a piece of it. I say the odds are about even. Doc, five seconds. John Wick, excommunicado, in effect, in three, two, one. Uh, you have not seen any of the John Wick movies. I didn't, and in fact, you roasted me quite severely for getting John Wick and John Carter confused. Oh, boy, did I. And being very angry, like, how could you confuse John Wick and John Carter? And I'm like, are you hearing yourself? I can feel myself getting angry about that again. Um, (laughs) So this is Keanu Reeves, like, kicks and punches a lot of dudes. I have no concept of what this franchise is, and you're very upset. Even more upset than me not knowing at all what any of the Marvel movies are about, which is oh, one hundred percent. This is my Marvel movie. Like, like the Marvel movies, I can take or leave. You're either a part of it or you're not. It's fun to roast you. This is what, <laughs> this, this is this is my thing. Like, I'm I'm here for this. I'm, I respect you, and I respect your thing. I just literally do not know anything about this franchise. Oh boy, where to start? I will explain this in some fashion. John Wick is a franchise in which Keanu Reeves, basically his wife dies. I don't want to explain too much of this because I feel like it'll ruin it a little bit for you, but. He basically, like, his wife dies, and but she has gifted him a dog, like, in the passing. Like, basically, like, she has cancer, and uh, she has, like, figured out a way where once she dies, then, like, a dog comes. Because it's been very, you know, it's it's obvious that she is going to be passing. She sends a dog to Keanu Reeves' house. You're going to be like, why is this a relevant point? I just watched the John you know, McCree trailer. I was going to say, I did notice there are a lot of good heckin' boys and girls in this trailer. The, yes, uh, they're good boys and girls. And that's only because uh, John Wick, who you then learn is an assassin, uh, retired assassin... Uh, people come to his house and fucking murder that puppy. <laughs> no, the whole franchise is about killing dogs. No, the whole franchise is about the fact that one guy makes a mistake by killing this dog. And then John Wick, I'm not joking, the premise of this movie is he then goes and kills literally every person responsible possibly for that dog dying. And then they make a second movie about that. And then they make a third movie about that. So really, like, this is an entire franchise based on the idea that if you murder a puppy, Keanu Reeves will fucking you fuck you up fucking you up was what I, I was gonna I'm go. on board I'm sold it's great and genuinely like they have invented a style of filmmaking that is called gung fu you get it we're fun oh gun uh, fu gun fu that's fun right yeah um, that's fun and it is very stylish and it is uh, lots of long takes and insane kind of man- like it's amazing it's everything you want out of an action franchise especially if you're like interested in something that is uh both have a lot of like eastern influence and also is like a rated r kind of like adult like movie franchise like it's great um and this is amazing yeah i mean having no context there's a lot of good uh pew pews there's a lot of yeah. uh, punching and kicking yes there's a lot of heckin good puppers yeah there uh this trailer is uh has a, ch- a chopped and screwed version of frank sinatra playing behind it which is amazing and it's the Impossible Dream, which is one of my favorite songs from the Man of La Mancha. Yes, that yeah, yeah that's true. And uh, it is a song that makes me cry. I think it is kind of in like attempting to bring forth that like we're so. Ba- I don't know. I, I don't know how much I want to get in the weeds because like at some point we're gonna have to talk about Game of Thrones, and I don't want you to ruin all that for me. So I don't want to ruin. No, 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 no. I'm not gonna ruin Game of Thrones right, for you. Right, I'm right. gonna make you explain it to me. Oh, love it. I will have I am, 
I will have my revenge. I'm in the midst of it. I'm I'm through midway through season two. But um, John Wick three, like basically the way two ends is kind of like he uh, is on the run. Okay. To make it vague. So he is kind of like out there that he has no friends. So you see the Ian McShay character kind of explaining like, yeah, I give him like two to one odds or whatever he says. Or uh, or the odds are about even, I think is what he says. So, and then they disconnect him. Yeah. And so he basically meaning he has no ties in the world. They, they, there's a very established kind of elaborate, lavish world of, of assassins that kind of exists in here. So lots of things you've probably seen parodied are like kind of essentially tying back to the John Wick thing. There's a hotel and they're all safe if they're in the hotel. And uh, anyway, uh, Halle Berry is in this movie, which it's great. Like, I feel like we don't see Halle Berry nearly enough in movies. Yeah, right? Yeah. I was kind of looking at it like, is that Halle Berry? Yeah, she looks good. She looks good. She always looked good. Halle Berry will look good until she dies. She will. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Like, God, you want to talk about freaking vampires? Like, Jesus. Yeah, she's she's crushing it. She looks great. Um, And has, and totally fits the role, too. It feels like, absolutely, she could be an assassin. For sure. Low-key, like, oh, this is just a thing I do. Like, all... all You know. Everyone's vibe in all the John Wick movies is very blasé. It's very like, oh yeah, I'm an assassin. Like, it's this <laughs> is just, it doesn't define me, but this is what I am. It's like how people talk about being like a bag boy at Ralph's. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, like I write, but but like I also bag groceries. Yeah. It's no big deal. It doesn't define me or anything, but like I do it. It's like whatever. Yeah. I just do it. Yeah. That's 100%. Just and keeps the lights on. And that's the vibe that you get from Halle Berry in this trailer, for sure. I love it. Uh, she comes back. There Did she are... fuck John Wick? God, I fucking hope so. <laughs> Literally, I'm not even lying. Had not thought about it prior to this trailer. Well, because it seems like in the trailer, she's kind of there and she's like, oh, like, she doesn't say this, but my Kate brain is like, oh, it's always a thing with you, John Wick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he's going to give her his John Wick. He's going to he's gonna give her the business. He's going to give her KCRW's the business. I genuinely watching this trailer did not feel like there was a lot of sexual attention necessarily. Really? She's literally kneel- in this shot that they have of her. She's kneeling in front of him, looking up at him and saying, it's always a thing with you, John Wick. But here's the thing is that having watched all the movies and knowing that his wife dies in the first one, like I don't view John Wick as like a sexual being. But it's movie three. Maybe I know. he's going to find he's moved love. On. Maybe and, he's but, moving on. Okay, but when you said it, I'm very into it. Like, I'm very I mean, into yeah. it. yeah. Well, why would you not be? Hot people fucking. Wow. But Keanu is like an unconventional hot person. Like I don't know, man. We're in the year of the zaddy. Like, anything goes now, man. But is he a zaddy? Like, I just... I don't know. He's got a suit on. He's got, like, kind of a weird beard. And he's, like, flipping around and shooting guns. Well, I don't he, know. He's kind of ageless, too, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like, Keanu, like, has looked the same since The Matrix. You just threw a beard on him. But, like, he kind of, if he shaved it... There's some salt and pepper happening. For sure. But, like, not enough where you'd be like, oh, like, you're, you know, 25 years older than you were then. Or, wait, no, 1999? What are we? Almost. Like, 20. 20 years. Yeah, we're 20 years. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Um, There are amazing action sequences in this trailer. Uh, That's pretty much the whole thing. For sure. But he takes a samurai sword and hits a guy with a motorcycle. He's on a horse? Or he's on a motorcycle. Yeah, he. Fi- that's my favorite thing that's ever happened is he's on the horse and then he uh, fights people on motorcycles. Uh, he Oh, there's a mirror fight sequence, which is really a big thing in the John Wick franchise. There are a lot of mirrors and there are a lot of weird fight scenes. Really? really there's mirrors? Oh. 
They're mirrors, Jack, and they love it. Wow, uh, I didn't even know that I was entire, Jack, but now I am. There's an entire funhouse sequence in the second one. Oh, fuck amazing. yeah. This sounds good. It's not actually a fun house, but like there are a lot of mirrors. You get it. Uh, it's a house and there's fun. Uh, they're in Egypt, I think, at one point. Or Something somewhere like somewhere in the Middle East. A lot of lot He's of like rolling. going up a hill very intensely. And it's, it's like an extreme wide of like Keanu like hiking up a, a dune and alone. It, and it couldn't be the most insane cut either. Like it's literally been nothing but like them in the city like riding motorcycles, fighting people on horses. And then they're just like, we're in the desert now. And you're like, I Curveball. guess. Yeah, I guess we're here for it. Sure. Um, I love it. You pointed out the doggy ball sack. Yeah, the dogs have ball sacks. They're prominent. They're prominent. Yeah, it's there. And like, it's not even like, wow, Kate, what's your deal? You're like really out here looking at these dogs' ball sacks. Like, no, these dogs like very obviously have ball sacks. Yeah, because Halle Berry also has a dog too. And the dog, the dog. I thought you were gonna say Halle Berry has a ball sack. <laughs> <laughs> it's very prominent in the trailer. It's very prominent in this trailer. Uh, no, it's uh, it's a delight. I. Uh, the, do- the dog ball sex or sure. a delight? I don't know. Like, let him hang. You know? <laughs> I, whatever. Like, it's cool. CJ is anti-neuter spay. Oh, no. I'm not, uh... No. Spay neuter pets. Uh, <laughs> Except if you're John Wick. Then let your dogs have huge pendulous balls. Look, in a lot of fairness, like, they uh, seem like they're putting their lives on the line in this movie. So, uh, like, symbolically, the dogs have balls. Like, such that one would have balls to do something very, like, correct. courageous. There's a physicality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like there could be... I feel like there's a feminist think piece about the dog balls in John Wick. Oh, I'm stoked for all... They're... The number of think pieces about John Wick are just, uh, they're only currently simmering, simmering at the surface. But, like, people have seen this trailer. They are ready. They're, they have dipped their uh, quills in ink, and they are ready to, to scribe away at the number of things that can happen here. Because the John Wick franchise is for good. And, uh, and, and I think you'll be surprised by that when you watch the first and the second one. I will watch the first and the second one. Can you please? I will. Okay. We can watch them together even. And oh. then you can live vicariously through me watching them for the first time. I I will love nothing more. That would be beautiful. Let's do it. Okay, we'll do let's it. Let's do it. We'll do it and we'll report back. We should move on to the next trailer, which is... <clears throat> um, <laughs> even more complicated than the introduction of this podcast. Extremely, extremely wicked and shockingly evil and wild. Oh, wait. And I honestly don't know. I don't uh, have my phone on me either. Shit. Zac Efron, Ted Bundy movie. No, no, I got it. Extremely w- wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. vile. That guy's been staring at you all night. What do you say we get out of here? What is it about this guy? When I feel his love, I feel like I'm on top of the world. There are things you don't know. Hi, officer. I think I must be lost. That will shock you beyond your worst nightmare. I am innocent. You don't actually believe this garbage, do you? It's in all the papers, Ted. Monkey! How did his name get on that suspect list? I want to come see you. I was really hoping you'd say that. This case is about catching a monster. Ladies and gentlemen, I am that innocent suspect. 
You are skating on thin ice, partner. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a clunky title. Why? Because it's 2019 and we're doing big long titles and that's a funny thing. Like, but here's the thing is, and I believe this is true. It's it's uh, it's a extre- book. extremely wicked, comma shockingly evil and vile. I don't think there's an Oxford comma in it, which is weird. Um, I'm very pro Oxford comma. Pro, uh, we at Maryground Magazine actually have established it in the bylaws somewhere. That we it, do. We have is, a style guide. Yes, there's a style guide in it. We require an Oxford comma. So the fact that this does not have one is kind of an insane, uh, insane decision. Is Espe- there really not an Oxford comma? I don't think so. Hmm. I wrote it down verbatim in the thing. So we'll, I don't think- we'll chalk that up as the first problem we have with this movie. And look, if it's not, there are more problems to be had. So, so it's fine. Go ahead. So, so so let's so let's put a pin in that. Let's put a pin in it. Actually, I would like to say something up front because it will be relevant later on in this podcast, perhaps at the next trailer. Um, I am not a true crime guy. I'm a huge true crime bitch. Well, you are a, a, a white woman in your 20s, so I very much so believe that. I am all, I am nothing if not on brands. Christopher John nailed it. Uh, can't yes, I I I do not understand that very specific demographic. Because uh, we're out here trying to not get murdered. I understand, but I don't feel like other demographic of women in their twenties necessarily feel the same as strongly, which makes me always come back to the theory that I think that white women in their twenties have their lives slightly too good and have to be afraid of old serial killers and that is why the podcast slash netflix slash documentary slash uh things on history channel are such a very popular brand with with white women in their 20s there's there's a part of that that's true okay the other part is i mean we live in a major metropolitan area right you live in yes you live in los angeles yes I, I I work in Hollywood. Yes. I walk back to my car in pitch black night and I have pepper spray in my purse. Right. This is more a general kind of like... Right. I'm from Arizona. Arizona, not a place where you're having to think about this kind of thing as much. Know lots of people that are deeply obsessed... Or know people in Austin deeply obsessed with this kind of theme. Don't understand it. Uh, mm-hmm. But all this to say... Bundy, Manson, all the kind of the Zodiac, whatever. They're, they're coming back not as serial killers, but as like rock stars. In this, in particular, and this kind of feeds back into, you know, we're, we're right now currently uh, experiencing the Netflix doc that is, you know, sweeping the nation about Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy tapes. Right. And uh, they're like, ooh, what a genius. And not even specifically a genius. Ooh, what a sex icon. <laughs> Um, Twitter, as we frequently discuss, I feel like we only discuss Twitter, by the way, in in relation to people thinking that people are attractive. Because we talked about this on another podcast, several CJ, the fact is that this is a drunk podcast, and when people are drunk, they get weirdly horny for dumb things, and I'll talk about- But all be drunk. I'll talk, but but we're drunk, CJ. I know, I know, I know. And so we're going to talk about Alexander Skarsgård and his sweaters, and we're going to talk about Zac Efron's eight pack a little bit, and that's going to be okay. It's fair. I just, I wonder, like, you know, I think, especially when you look at real pictures of Bundy. He's a wonky looking motherfucker. Bundy is only handsome in relation to other serial killers. Yes, because every other serial killer looks like they got hit by a car. Well, they look like a serial killer. Yeah, they look like a fucking serial killer. (laughs) Ted Bundy is the handsome serial killer 
But that's like, you know, he's like, like the one kid in the kindergarten who didn't eat paste. Correct. He's like, he's like how like, you know, like women for whatever reason in Los Angeles think they're not attractive but if they were to move to like Iowa they would be extremely attractive because right. it's just a different basis li- like, baseline of like a uh, 10 everywhere else is an LA 5 right and Ted Bundy is an LA 5 yeah Ted Bundy is but quite in relation an LA to 5. the other serial killers right. god you know he's George yeah. Bundy, it's fine and and the fact that Ted Bundy was able to get away with all this shit is less due to Ted Bundy being like a charming genius like correct. sociopath and more just the police just not having their negligence. shit together yeah just correct. total excuse me total fucking negligence yeah and excuse me again so the thing about the script that i found out is when this script was circulating and has been for a long time as is the want for many of these correct. things that have come on netflix yeah the original like big twist at the end of the script is that when you're reading the whole script he's like the boyfriend and he's getting accused of all these crimes and it's like really horrible and you don't know and like it's really ambiguous whether or not he did it you don't find out that he's ted bundy until the very 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 end okay and it's like a big reveal and Mm. then you're like oh fuck he was ted bundy the whole time Whereas now, because of this huge true crime movement, they're marketing this movie as like, oh, it's the Ted Bundy story. So I should I should stop you real quickly and say that this was this isn't a Netflix original, like, right? This but was Netflix a, bought it. Netflix bought it at Sundance, so it actually like kind of like, and and I wonder, I actually buying into this like kind of the thing you just pitched. They put out the trailer for this right before Sundance started, and also right before the Ted Bundy tapes actually dropped. So I kind of wonder the degree to which uh, a production company would say, hey, we're going to drop the trailer for this and we're really going to level into the Bundy idea because we know the Bundy tapes are going to be a big deal on Netflix. Yeah. And that kind of forces Netflix's hand and says like, hey, you're going to have to buy this because you know this content's hot. Right? Yeah. Like I wonder how much all of that kind of feeds into itself. Like there's this idea that like, oh, they know what they have because that is an interesting movie. The idea that like you don't know you're kind of like secretly rooting for this guy or kind of like interested. And then in the end you're like, oh, oh fuck. fuck. Yeah. That's, that's a great screenplay. Amazing. I'm, and that's what this was. I'm interested in that for sure. But on the other side of the coin, the only reason that I feel like something like this is getting made now is because of this big true crime kick. And the only way to get people into this movie is to sell the twist away. For sure. I mean, uh, I don't know. What is it with like kind of our, like, this is the first movie in a second that's done it. But like, you know, you watch like uh, American Psycho or whatever. And I think there Mm -hmm. is kind of a myth, uh, like a a mythos, an American, Americanized mythos of like, the serial killer being this like weirdly devilishly handsome man you know like this guy who you kind of want to buy into is like much sneakier and sexier than they actually could possibly ever be in real life and i i i don't know this is the first movie i've seen in a minute where it's like you watch the zach zach efron performance and he does you know zach efron is a great ted Bundy for sure but he (laughs) he doesn't and i even wrote this down somewhere like he doesn't have any of the kind of like sneakiness or kind of like uh, clearly derangement that kind of exists there. Like, even watching this trailer, and I don't know what the movie kind of provides, but, like, I, I, he just doesn't kind of have that lying behind his eyes. Like, I never get a moment in this trailer where I'm like, oh, you really are deranged. They really are selling yeah. the idea that, like, you don't know he's Ted Bundy. Because if you watch this trailer and they never said Bundy, you'd be like, oh, kind of interesting. Like, I'm kind of interested yeah. in it. And then if they kept it, where at the end you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Then it's like, 
you know, huge, like, Alfred Hitchcock-level, like, sure. twist, but they're giving it away to get asses in seats or For rather sure. clicks on Netflix now that Netflix has bought right, it. Right, right, yeah. Which, like, really kind of twists me up inside. Yeah, I... Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I'm curious. The, the screenwriter in me is really sad about this. Sure, yeah. Well, right, because it's like I, I think there you want the cell to be like, hey, like this is this interesting script that we wrote, and instead it's like it gives you the twist immediately, and it's like it really is preying on the idea that you're more interested in watching Bundy than it watching an actually interestingly just created like a really movie. good, cool because it's from the perspective of the girlfriend, right? Yeah, who's like. Everybody's saying that you're guilty of all these crimes, and I don't want to come flying in here with, like, this is similar to the script that I wrote, but I kind of have dealt with, like, these similar themes of, like, what's this guy doing? What's he about? Like, I know this person in one way, and then it turns out there's something totally different, which is a theme that just is really interesting to me. And it feels like this film kind of throws it away. And this discussion is kind of just ignoring all of the, like, treating serial killers like rock stars. 100%. When, like, actual real human women died. For sure. Like, more than one. Like, more than, like, five. And not like, even more just... more than ten, maybe. Well, and not even just this discussion. The trailer itself doesn't seem concerned by that. I mean, it no, is... No, because cut- it... it kind of it's kind of trying to have it both ways where it's trying to still be a mystery like ooh Ted Bundy ooh. like if there wasn't that big subtitle where it's like Ted Bundy Zach Efron is Ted Bundy like you wouldn't yeah. even know no for sure so it's it's still kind of trying to have it both ways and i think it's trying to play it by the fact that it's from the perspective of the girlfriend because she doesn't know that Ted Bundy is quote unquote Ted Bundy yeah Follow me down the rabbit hole, though, real fast. Like, if this movie comes out with this trailer in mind, you know, kind of a sleek, sexy, a lot of rock beats, a lot of, like, quick cuts, kind of like, oh, wow. Like, I mean, you see him with his shirt off. It's like Zac Efron. Not He's got, doing... like, a like a, like a 24-pack. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it, it's more beer than I have in my fridge. It's insane. Like, <laughs> I, I, I just... He's kind of... He's a pretty, pretty boy. Yeah, he's he's a jacked man, uh, but not Hugh Jackman. Um, I, I just think God like damn it. <laughs> could not do it. Um, but if if I follow the line and I pull out a little bit and I go, okay, this movie, if we sell it the way that we want it to, you know, what becomes the kind of like insane Twitter discourse around it, right? Like, mm-hmm. how do people react to it, knowing that they were basically kind of fooled or tricked into watching a movie about Ted Bundy that basically glamorized him for three quarters of the film? And I wonder whether or not they kind of weighed the pros and cons and said, you know what, people would fucking hate that and be very annoyed by that. And I think that that's gen. I think that's sad because I love the twist. And I love the idea of it. And I I would hope that. A, a, a modern film goer would watch it and be like, "Wow, look, I really, I really bought hook, line, and sinker into the thing they were pitching about. You know, all the themes of it, everything that was going on with the idea that, like, oh, I fell for Ted Bundy, just like all of his victims did. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to guess that's not how it would have gone. But CJ, people on Twitter are so good at examining themselves and like really kind of taking things to heart and like kind of falling for a goof and then looking inward and being like." what is it about me that like really made this like happen? And, and like, wow, I've been so deeply and personally affected by this film. I just watched. That's what Twitter's like, right? We don't know because we only have nine followers. Kate, when you're right, you're right. 
And I, <laughs> I feel like that's a good enough time to move on to the rapid fire where we should immediately discuss... Oh, wait. Do you want to give a music cue? What? Do you want to give the music cue? Oh, now the music is starting, so now we have to be stressed out. <laughs> because the music is inevitably pay, playing underneath us while we're off on some, like, random fucking tangent. And whenever I listen back to it, it makes me so stressed. Because I'm like, just move on, just move on, just move on. But we don't move on, CJ. We don't move on. And we're not going to move on. But let's move on now to fucking Sharon Tate, I guess. Yeah, the haunting of Sharon Tate. A real seamless kind of transition to the weird uh, glamorization of, again, I don't... Fuck this movie. Fuck this movie with a sandpapery dildo. I hate so much about this. And you know what? I feel like I got got. Because I think that I have talked on this podcast about the Hillary Duffessants, have I? Or have I just talked to you about it? I think we've just talked. I don't think we've talked about it on the podcast. Okay, so I've been hearing... All this, like, Hillary Duff music coming back on at Ralph's lately right. when I'm walking around shopping for vegetables. Well, if you need to and... know, uh, if you check out my old music blog, I believe I have the longest amount of writing on the music career of Hillary Duff of anywhere on the internet. I've done that research. I know that I have written more about Hillary Duff's music career than any other person ever has. Good. You see, you're talking about the foremost expert of Hillary Duff's music career. I'm so glad you're here, foremost expert of Hillary Duff. I actually have a business card that says that, so continue. Shut up. No, I don't. (laughs) So so I feel like kind of in culture, because she had a book come out. Yes. She broke up with the hockey player, She broke up with the hockey player. Yeah, she got a divorce. She did did a very, like, quiet, low-key divorce. Correct, yeah. props. Yeah. And, like, after being, you know, such a star for a long time, like, having kind of a low-key divorce is a big deal. Sure. And her music has kind of been coming she back on again. She had TV show. She had a TV show. And I'm like, we're gearing up for the Duffessance. Duffessance, sure. It's happening. And I feel like this is what it's been leading up to, and I'm so angry. I feel like she personally tricked me. I have a lot of thoughts about this. I think my first thought is that, like, I thought about Hillary Duff's career a lot watching the trailer with you. Um, in that, I, I was trying to weigh in my mind whether or not this movie could be a hit. Not whether or not it is good, just whether or not it could be a hit. No! Well, but knowing what we know about white women in their 20s, about true crime at this current moment, about the kind of upward swing of Hillary Duff. But here's the thing. Could you not sell this movie to be a $20 million hit? You could, but if you were, but you would have to sell it as Manson, not as Sharon Tate. Correct. And yeah, so I guess explain the premise of the movie real quick. So the premise of the movie, so yada, 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 Charles yeah. Manson murdered Sharon Tate. <laughs> yeah. Yada, yada, yada. And she was eight months pregnant and it was yeah. very horrible and now yeah. Roman Polanski is really fucked up. Yes. So that was so much yada, yada, but we just literally don't have time. Correct. So the premise of this movie is Sharon Tate was haunted. Haunted. The haunting of Sharon Tate where she's like, having visions and premonitions of being murdered by the Manson family, like, in advance. And Hilary Duff has, like, her eyebrows up very high on her forehead and being like, I'm Sharon Tate and I'm so scared. What's happening? And the Manson family is, like, slinking around corners and, like, waving at her very weirdly. And Sharon Tate slash Hilary Duff is like, what's happening? And they play, yeah. it, It turns this 
very sad, visceral, just horrible thing into like a Blumhouse ooky spooky thing. Yeah. Which I, in some ways, because this is kind of the other side. I'm going to go on a big rant. Sure. The other side of the coin of the Ted Bundy thing is like the Ted Bundy, extremely wicked, vile, big, bad Ted Bundy man, the movie. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, what about the victims? What about the victims? What about the victims? Yes, I hear you, but that's not the point of what the Ted Bundy movie is because the whole point of the Ted Bundy movie is that twist where you fall for Ted Bundy the same way that everyone right. else the did. The twist that they've undermined. The yes. twist the twist that they've undermined, but yes. Not the, writer, was, not the writer's fault. The point of this movie, the point of that movie isn't the victims. Right. In this movie, in the Sharon Tate movie, not only, you're putting the victim in the spotlight, Correct. which, like, to rando Hollywood executive brain is like, ah, oh, we have done the morally correct thing. Sure. But it's like, but then you make it like an ooga booga haunted house thing. Right. Which just makes it so much worse. And I would just rather have the Quentin Tarantino look how dope Manson is movie than this. For sure. Well, yeah, well, a lot of things there, right? Like I think that yeah. the Tarantino thing at the very least is like attempting to acknowledge a time in which something like that right. could happen. I, this is just very generally speaking. Obviously, we have no idea what Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is going to look like, but it seems like it's kind of anthology, Pulp Fiction-y, like, hey, let's take a look at, like, the craziness of the world at yeah. that moment. I hesitate to say this, but I feel like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood will have a little bit of nuance. I, I would hope so. Um, I think This has, like, zero nuance. It's not that it doesn't have zero nuance. I think my... I, it doesn't have a lot of nuance, but I think my biggest issue is it's like it takes a look at this world and says like, oh, well, the only reason she was put in this position was basically a ring scenario, right? Like she listened to these tapes and then that's what put her here. Is that what it was? I believe so. I, believe I thought that she was just having like visions and nightmares, like somebody's going to come and murder you and then somebody did. I think the trailer posits that like you, she experiences the tapes and then that is what triggers kind of these like... Because, right, the movie doesn't acknowledge the fact that, like, the things that she is seeing actually happen. It, it's kind of like a premonition. It's like, oh... But it yeah. says based on true events in the trailer. But it has to, right? Like, there's no way around that. Like, they have to acknowledge that, like, this thing actually happened. And also, it's a good selling point. I mean, I don't know. If you're, like, a, a person in your early 20s... A white woman in your 20s? Well, no, I was going to say something even earlier than that. Like, a t like you know... That, that, I assume this is PG-13, that kind of hot 13 to 17 year old crowd that you want for horror movies, like you don't know who Charlie Manson is, right? Um, you might, but probably not. Well, you maybe know the name, you don't know the whole thing. Um, I just wonder the degree to which like, you, they're watching this movie having zero concept of it and thinking like, yeah. not acknowledging the idea that like, this movie actually is like, pitching that like, she saw these things happen and then couldn't do anything about it. Yeah, like, oh, because she, like, Murdering an eight-month pregnant woman and her eight-month pregnant baby is just Fuck. so horrible. And to make, like, an Ooga Booga movie out of that just sickens me. It yeah. makes me so sad. It's fun, yeah. And honestly, it makes me give a little more credit to the extremely bad and incredibly close Zac Efron movie. The what? one where his mom, or his dad dies in 9-11? Yeah, where Ted Bundy's dad oh. dies in 9-11. <laughs> Extremely wicked, vile, and incredibly close. Correct. 
It makes me. <laughs> I'm so glad you referenced that because that's all I could think about. <laughs> right, me it. too. Because that movie's that movie that is movie's wor- bad. That movie might be genuinely worse than either of these two movies, <laughs> which is a hard worse high than, bar. Worse than the Robert Pattinson rom com yeah. where the Ted Bundy twist at the end is. Woof. Oopsie whoopsie! It's nine eleven. <laughs> anyway, moving on. It makes me give a little bit of credit to. Agreed. Ex- to extremely Ted Bundy and incredibly close. Agreed. Which is... Agreed. Like, at least it's like using this dynamic to kind of demonstrate something. As opposed to just ooga boogas. I agree with you. So, oh, God damn it, Hillary Duff. Is this what you've been leading to, Hillary Duff? Please tell me you're not doing this. Look, whatever. Like, I, I don't blame her. Like, it, Just do an album. That'd be so dope. She's done it. It hasn't really worked. Um, she did a new, new album? She had one in the past two years, yeah. Really? Yeah. Damn. Two, three, I missed that entirely. We all did. I'm still hanging in for the Duffessants, but as as many wise people have said, Look, this ain't it. Push your chips to Haley. Um, <laughs> next up, we have Drunk Parents. We can blow through this one pretty quickly, I would imagine. Bald? What? I, I kind of enjoyed seeing Alec Baldwin and Salma Hayek kind of back at it, because I'm a big 30 Rock fan, so it's to see them fun. together again was cool. It's fun. I get that Baldwin's pretty problematic in yes. those ways. Um, I don't think he's problematic in ways where I can't enjoy kind of watching him on screen. He has a charm. He has a charm to him that's, you know, especially... What watching... is this movie about? Well, so I wrote down, I think this is just fun with Dick and Jane. Did you ever see... Uh, there are two versions of this movie. Fun with Dick and Jane came the out. The Jim Carrey one. Right, yeah. So this movie came out back in the, you know, the... Early, early 2000s. Se- well, early 70s, there was a movie called Fun with Dick and Jane, and they remade it uh, with, yeah, with T. Leone and, uh, and uh, Jim Carrey. And actually, I believe, funnily enough, Alec Baldwin is in that movie. Really? I believe he, is, he plays, like, the boss or the owner of the bank or something. We'll have to check on that. Um, but anyway, this movie has the exact same uh, title font. Uh big red splashy kind of stuff going on uh which i thought was super funny but it feels very similar it's like people that are kind of living on the higher end of society fall down a little bit then have to figure out turn to a life of crime to kind of like get themselves in a similar position but the way that they set this up is that their daughter has gone away to college correct and they say goodbye to her, and now they have to like learn to live on like their own without a- her and be empty nesters. But then they're renting a house from a rich man, and then Jim Gaffigan is a sex offender, yeah, and they- he's here. And then they're renting out the rich house to someone else. Joe Mangiello. And it's I'm so confused. Yeah, it's a little bit like The House, uh, the movie with Will Ferrell and Amy Poehler. Okay. Um, a movie that I'll actually stand for a little bit. Um, because that movie made sense. Uh, it did. Because they the have movie. a house, and then they're right. renting out the house. That's the premise. But if if this Look. if this movie didn't have the college, the daughter going away to college element of it, and they just had to take care of this rich guy's house, and then they decided to rent it out to make more money. That would make sense. Look, rich people gonna rich people. Rich people gonna rich people, I guess. But it's like, I just, I don't understand. This trailer is so confusing. I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I do think it's kind of. Here is my biggest issue: was like, where do drunk parents come in? Yeah. Because I get that they're parents. I think. Um, Do they drink in this trailer? There's wine. 
There's a fair amount of wine. Oh, boo-hoo. I think you see Salma Hayek kind of wave a wine ball around. The heat. You you see in the beginning, Al Baldwin analyzes a bottle of wine. Get on my blueberry vodka level, Salma Hayek. I would love that. Come on the pod. Come on the pod, Salma Hayek. Uh, I don't know. I, I think, look, this movie's insane, and it won't do anything financially. No. It, honestly, honestly, this is like a great Netflix buy, I think. Um, is, this isn't Netflix, though. It's not. I think it would be a good, like, Hulu or Netflix or, you know, straight to, to But it isn't. Yeah. It's not. Uh, but it's got, like, enough star power, kind of. Like, it definitely feels... But it feels like fun with Dick and Jane. Like, it feels like... And look, I, I don't... <laughs> I'm not an apologist for it. Like, I'm aware that it's a bad movie. But, like, I think fun with Dick and Jane is, is fun. Um, with Dick and Jane? Look, I have fun with them. Uh, but uh, yeah, like that. That wait, movie who is, did who did you have fun with? Sorry, with Dick and Jane, of course. Um, and here I'm having fun with drunk parents. <laughs> but I don't know. I thought it was fine. Like I thought it, yeah. that movie. When I watch it, you know, obviously a lot of it is carried by like you know, Taylioni's kind of like straight man to Jim Carrey. I think that that obviously Jim Carrey lived off. He fucking ate off that dynamic for like oh, years. Yeah. Um, but I think that that movie kind of works. Like that movie's in a similar thing. Like they are rich people hit up financial financial kind of like downward tick like and then need to do something financially and I just think like I don't know it's probably not sexy to say in 2019 that that's an interesting premise I, like eat the rich whatever but I think it's kind of it kind of works and I think that Alec Baldwin works in that kind of role I mean I feel like rich people being dumb is always going to be fun for, for sure. people to watch for sure even if we are eating them yeah. Because they're dumb, so we yeah. can laugh at them. Tasty. And tasty. Mmm. Eat the rich. Mmm. We have one more trailer, and it's probably, ironically, the most problematic of all the trailers we have, and it is called The Professor and the Mad Men. Oh, boy. Kate, let me know what this is all about. So... <laughs> it stars uh, Mel Gibson and Sean Penn, two men of, of high esteem in Hollywood currently. Mel Gibson... Not, I would like to point out that the last time Mel Gibson did a big movie, which was, I cannot remember the actual title. The Beaver? No, no, no. The, with Andrew Garfield. Oh, uh, Hacksaw, Hacksaw Ridge. Ridge. Yeah. We have another internal merry-go-round name for it that is not PC. That is the only thing I remember. It's not that bad. It's Pussy Soldier is the name of the, uh, is the it, internal it, name of the movie. Uh, uh, and added, yeah, that's fine. Uh, yes, because he is a soldier, but he does not want to do the pew-pews. He wants to help. Correct. That movie is awful. Yes. And but let us all remind you, nominated for Best Picture. It sure was. Yeah. But when they brought that movie out, they were like, from the director of Braveheart. Correct. A different but era. This movie, they're like, it's Mel fucking Gibson. Well, he's acting. He's acting. Not directing. Still. Sure. I mean, you could say anyway, starring. The director of Braveheart. Starring the guy who yelled sugar tits at that cop. <laughs> what? <laughs> anyway, this movie is about, and they both have big old beards, so I literally cannot tell them apart in this both trailer. Both doing accents, but we'll get to that in a moment. It's about, they're making the dictionary. I think. But this is an action 
movie. CJ's doing like the bottom half of his shot right now. Because it's not I- even a shot. This is just the whiskey I was kind of sipping throughout the show. But I did take it as a shot because like, I don't know what the fuck this movie's about. I don't know what the fuck this movie's about either. They're making the dictionary, but it's like one of them is the professor and one of them is the madman. But which one? And like, I don't know who these people are. Okay, I believe... I don't I be- know how the dictionary is involved. I believe one Sean- of them is like in shackles at one point. Yeah, I believe Sean Penn is the madman. I believe that Mel Gibson is the professor. Because of course, that but, wouldn't be the other way around. But also, of course, Mel Gibson is not a madman, right? Correct. Actually, based on beard, you would assume vice versa. Yes. Um, <laughs> but when you watch it, you're like. There is nothing that really establishes beyond like very slight kind of like quick moments. It's not a long trailer. Like they very, very, very specifically and briefly are like, oh, I think Mel Gibson has a line like, I'm an academic and he's and he's a crazy person. Or he says something that's like vaguely like along the lines. Oh, this is my drunken recall. I have no idea. Um, they kind of pitch the like name of this movie. I just, I like. Because it's supposed to be ambiguous because, like, in the movie, right. one of them is literally a professor and one of them is literally a madman. Right. But perhaps, perhaps, CJ, There's something more. perhaps the professor is the madman and the madman has something to teach all of us. Oh, it's a little spicy, spicy. Woo! I maybe need a simple water because that is pretty spicy. <laughs> That might be a reason they're not going to see the movie. Um, <laughs> why is Steve Coogan in this movie? I wrote that down in all caps. I don't know why... Th- I don't know why anything is in this movie. This is so silly. This literally seems like a South Park parody yeah. of like a dramatic yeah. movie this, that would come out. This is like, like when... the action movie with Mel Gibson about the writing and compiling of the English dictionary. It's like when SNL does the like bit that parodies yeah. the Oscar and they're like, what could we find that's so mundane that no one would give a shit about but also has an underlying dra- you know, dramatism to it. This or feels like an SNL digital sketch. Uh, Oh, for sure. Like, if Andy Samberg popped up halfway through this, I would be like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I... Penn is doing a lot of whispering in this trailer. <laughs> I wanted to make some commentaries about the accent work. I really wanted to. And actually, I think Gibson's pretty good. He's... I just don't know what accent... Is he Scottish? He's Irish. I think he's Irish. Is, was Daniel Webster Irish? Is this the Webster Dictionary? Ooh. Now you've gotten in the weeds, I have no idea. I don't know either, because all I know is the English Dictionary, that was Daniel Webster. Daniel Webster was the guy. Is one of these guys Daniel Webster? Uh, we I don't anything. know. I have no idea. It's I, not even worth going to Google Corner. Yeah, we're not going to do that. I, I just, I, I, I would love to know. I thought, I thought whatever Gibson was doing was pretty good for what it was like sure uh, for for a guy who i know what he sounds like having watched all the lethal weapon movies i was like this guy is for sure doing something that seems correct pen is whispering a lot and i have no idea if he's any good and that's all my thoughts on that trailer i don't know Uh, i don't think this movie is gonna be any good this is so silly i don't know jodie foster will come out and say it's great and we'll do i hate that like i hate that like alec baldwin and selma hayek random like four quadrant comedy movie yeah is like yeah it'll probably be fine and this is like i literally don't even know yeah i have no idea again uh, like we referenced on the last episode perhaps not meant for us perhaps a stupid period piece meant for uh uh red state but who is like 
Right. It's got the historical Oscar baity thing, but it's also like a lot of pew pews and like action happening. I think it's faux action. I think I when you watch it, I just don't understand not. what this movie is. They do talk to Winston Churchill at one point. This is the most. Be- oh yeah, and fucking. I forgot to mention in Extremely Ted Bundy and Incredibly Close that Jim Parsons is the lawyer. Oh, boy. <laughs> Which I'm just going to mention and just leave there. But, like... I, we don't have to get into it. We don't I, have to get into I it. I hate Jim Parsons. I know. Okay. I do, too. It's oh, okay. You, you, you were like, I know, and I was like, have we talked about it before? No, we haven't. It's okay. <laughs> it's, like, it's like coming out. Yeah, it's like, it's is, this a, is this a safe space to yeah. talk about how horrible Jim Parsons is? I'd like to go on the record. I don't think I hate Sean Penn. I mean, like, I... I don't know. That's a shitty thing to go on the record for. This I, I, trailer is full of so much uncertainty. This is not good. Like, this th- is the this most is baffling good. trailer that we've watched, and we watched The Demonologist. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But at least The Demonologist is like, this is a shitty horror movie made by some indie people. and this it's is aware. A, this is a dumb trailer, whereas this is like, I literally don't even know what this is. This is like, tragically an indie, uh, you know, uh, studio has to like dump something in like april this is the launch pad to the like the actual capital b big movie that mel gibson's gonna do to be his like real acting oh, comeback the, uh, the sequel to uh uh the jesus movie <laughs> oh god it? are they doing a passion of the christ 2 and 3 i think i think it's like a what but how? I would love. I-, I would love for that not to be true. I just like. I'm like. Oh yeah, there are two. And then someone like picks it up. They're like. They're making two of them. Is and that they- true? They're for sure making one. I don't know if they're making two. I think they're but- making two of them. Christians. I don't know. They he. I I can't. Everything's exhausting. What do you have coming up? I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm just so demoralized by all of this. <laughs> Like, Bachelor. Whatever. I feel like I've talked about the same three pieces in the last three episodes. No, and I can't do it anymore. Bit. No, I understand. Uh, I, I understand. I understand. Okay. But Bachelor, Lady Who, coming. Yeah. I feel like I've been hyping the same pieces over and over. Well, in fairness, this is coming out in two weeks from we record, so you have no idea. Just check the TV section. You're right. Just go on their fucking website and please, for the love of God, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter. Hopefully when you're listening to this, we don't have, we have more than nine followers. And you're following that? At, oh wait, we haven't talked about what you're doing yet. What no, do you no, have do coming up in two and weeks? And then I'll jump in. Okay. We're at Trailer Trashed Pod on Instagram. Correct. Which is doing okay in followers, but you should still follow us. And at T Trash Pod on Twitter, which please follow us. We're like, please, like if you're listening to this, like, Guys, we get an average of, like, 25 plays, like, within the first weekend that we, like, release these things. There's at least 25 of you out there. We need to, like, you should all be following us on Twitter at this point. Like, we should, like, come on. Like, be real. You're in it. We're all in it together. It's Fair fine. enough. This, these, CJ gave me a look when I said that number, and this will be very cute when we listen back a year from now when we're shilling Lisa Mattresses. Lisa Mattresses. Speaking of which... I I, I don't know what that means. (laughs) Speaking of which, Uh, I do love to lay out on my Lisa Mattress, don't you, CJ? uh, It's one of the most comfortable experiences I've ever had. Look, when I lay on my Lisa Mattress, I just think to myself, wow, like, how did I ever 
ever in my life experience a mattress better than Lisa. Uh, check out the promo code trailer trash. That CJ, did it did it come to your house in like a big truck? And then you had to haul it all the way up your stairs, this big cumbersome mattress? Look, Kate, I was worried. I was worried (laughs) when I ordered my mattress. I thought to myself, look, I live, you've been to my apartment. It's on the I'm in it right now. It's it's a thin hallway. It's a thin hallway. It's pretty thin. That doorway's looking pretty thin. And I was nervous. I sat there, I said, how would we ever get this in here? How are we going to get a mattress up here? And and so really, you know, Tapley, who you heard on the last episode, she and I very chattily discussed... How would we ever do this? How would we ever get another mattress? It just doesn't seem possible. And then, by the love of God, Lisa jumped in and they said, you know, we've got a better mattress. We know how to do this better. And they inserted themselves into everything and they said, you know what? We will ship it to your house and it will be rolled up in a very tight cylindrical kind of... uh, how would you describe it? Container? Yeah, it's a yeah, box. But it's, it's a box. A but tube. It's, called, it's a tube. It's like a tube kind of thing. A tube. But you know what? That tube thick right through my fucking door, and it here did. we are. And god damn it, if we don't oh fucking have that god. bed, it's amazing. <laughs> it is the best bed I've ever had to the point where I haven't even gotten my own plugs, and my own plugs don't matter. All we need to plug Lisa mattresses. Check them out. LisaMattress.com. This has been our audition for uh, Lisa Mattress ad sponsorship. Please sponsor us. We're very poor. Um, Lisa? Come on the pod? Oh, yeah, for sure. CEO of Lisa Mattress, please come on the pod. Yeah, Joe Lisa, come on the pod. (laughs) Mr. or Mrs. or Mix Lisa, (laughs) come on the pod. Do it now, you fucking coward. You won't do it. You bitch. They'll for sure come on now. Like we insult them, we're like, you should do it. Like you wouldn't fucking do it, you fucking ugly pieces of shit. We bait them into it. Yeah, you won't do it. You're too scared. Oh, that's so funny. Anyway, we should probably wrap this up. Yeah, let's wrap it. I don't have much. What Uh, do you have? I don't know. Uh, (laughs) We're just so demoralized by this fucking dictionary trailer. Yeah, listen and subscribe. Uh, Tune in. Review, rate. Honestly, like let's. I say this genuinely, like, I love it when people are like, that I know in my own life or otherwise, that they're like, hey, great pod. So find us on Twitter, Instagram, whatever, Facebook. Do uh, it. Stuff. Um, I, uh, I, I don't know what's going to be dropping around now. Um, <laughs> I, I'm hoping to have an, uh, oh, uh, we have an interview coming out with a, a great band that is escaping my name on Bloodshot Records. Uh, that'll be super cool. Um, that should be out about around now. Uh oh uh for sure there should be an interview with um this awesome dude on Twitter who basically runs these like uh uh best albums of and then like a year um accounts and he just wrapped up 1993 which was super exciting so now we're moving to 1988 and we talked and yeah that's all I got good shit I just dropped my pen like I was being real cool and then I realized there's no camera who gives a shit you drop the pen like you drop the mic that's what you do alright we did it we did it it's episode 11 this was like the weirdly the no most... this is episode 12 yeah episode 12 dude wow we're in it we're doing it man we did this crushing it we are crushing it crushing it and you know who else is crushing it is Squarespace Squarespace <laughs> Squarespace. Squarespace is building easy to use, user friendly, quality websites 
We do not have a website, but uh, if we did, we would use Squarespace's user-friendly interface. Um, CJ, SEO is really complicated. Okay, if you can believe it, you can dream it. And all (laughs) I want to tell you is that for sure, you can absolutely go and check us out at squarespace.com backslash TT. I feel like this podcast has been running long. And you know how I know that is? Because I've been looking at my movement watch. Movement is a watch company that was started by two guys that just kind of decided that anyone should be able to have a nice watch. And you know what? The only reason I can see my watch is because I have a hairy wrist and I <laughs> actually used Harry's. Uh, Harry's was just a company that was <laughs> making and manufacturing uh, <laughs> fucking razors. I actually do that. use the Harry's razors. Oh, wow. You can buy them at Target. Wow. We've gone far too into the, into the weeds. Please sponsor us. We're so poor. God, we're so poor. All right. We love you guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye.